0: You have fact or you have fiction.
3: And now, we go into the thick of it. Uh
0: Uh-oh. Uh-oh.
1: Erin Addisons.
0: On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B. is over in Studio CC, and we've got a show planned for you today where we're going to interview Laura Petherbridge. Um, She is the author of The Smart Stepmom. And hopefully, I'll tell you this, our aim is to get some practical information for step families, in particular for step moms. Mm -hmm. Um, And around the holiday season, it seems to be um, more difficult or more stressful to be in a blended family. Yeah. And uh, it seems that more of that stress tends to fall on the stepmom.
3: Yeah. And so
0: we're going to talk a little bit about that. But there also is, I think, the need for increased conversation around blended families, the dynamic of blended families and why I guess we cannot understand, you know what I mean? If maybe not having been in that situation before, but there is still a great ministry need for blended families to ensure that um we don't have this consistent reblending and mm. reblending and yeah. reblending. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, right. And right. Uh, and so one of the things that we're gonna look at is how step moms um often have thoughts that go unexpressed. Mm-hmm. And uh, Laura says she knows all too well those thoughts. One wow. of those thoughts being the feeling of just wanting to give it up and run away. Wow! Just feeling like this is just too much, wow. you know. And which I guess would, you know, kind of lead toward the reblending and reblending and reblending. So we're gonna talk yeah, about that second. in the second and third segment. I will tell you this: we'll open the phone lines. Mm-hmm. So if you are a stepmom and you're listening, or even if you are the dad, you know, maybe not. Well, I guess you could be a stepdad as well. But if you're mm-hmm. the husband to the stepmom and you've got some questions for our guests, be thinking about that because we'll open the phone lines up and if Laura is willing, uh then we'll allow you the opportunity to ask some of your questions and get some answers. Listen, we do not have to continue to see our families deteriorate. Yeah. And break right, down. Right. We right. need to be invested fully and in doing what we can to mm-hmm. shore up the body of Christ, you yeah. know? And and
1: in th- the complications that take place. Just in a normal family that's not blended. Come on. You know, so, <laughs> you know, now when you talk about blended family and stepmom, stepdad, and all that kind of stuff, you know, it's, it's more. So yeah. I'm sure we can get some great insight uh, from from her on this because I can only imagine because just with normal family you yeah. have, you know, so many things That's happening. right.
0: That's right. So then you just add to that uh, the intensity of, mm-hmm. of being blended, being a stepmom. And uh, anyway, the book focuses specifically on stepmoms, but I imagine you can't talk about stepmoms without talking about dads, and the kids who are also a part of this. So we've right. got, as is our custom, a couple copies of the book to give away as well. The Smart Stepmom, Practical Steps to Help You Thrive. And um, anyway, it's written by Ron Deal and uh, Laura Petherbridge. And Laura going to join us today to talk about that in the second and third segments. So uh, make sure you keep listening. We're going to give away two copies of the book and then also open the phone lines if you've got questions. Boy, what an interview we had yesterday with Dr. Richard Land. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was fun.
0: what did you think? Yeah, I you, thought it
1: was good. He uh-huh. went to preaching. I, I almost he broke out the organ, but I yeah. tried to, you know, I, I didn't reserve know. that. I don't, I don't know. know SBC. I don't know, you know. The well, I don't like that. know
0: that it's so much <laughs> Southern Baptists that would not appreciate a good organ when they when they start <laughs> preaching. I think it's just going to be like your Princeton and Harvard educated.
1: Ah, okay. So Those I, that may be it, yeah.
0: I mean, I just imagine that those people might be like, what are you doing? Exactly right. I'm
1: preaching here.
0: But I don't care where they're from, though. (laughs) I always hear them in my mind with a British accent. (laughs) What are you doing? You're so uncivilized. (laughs) Anyways, I really, really enjoyed that interview yesterday with Dr. Richard Land. There is so much that's happening that we need in the body of Christ to have um, unashamed Mm -hmm. and unafraid apologetics or apologists, let me say this, apologists step up with, um, <laughs> with strong apologetics right, with to truth. defend the truth, <laughs> yes. amen, amen. Yes. Um, one of the things that we didn't get to mention that I wanna make sure that our listeners know is that Dr. Richard Land himself is going to be teaching a one-week course, uh, January 13th through January 18th. So if you've got on your New Year's, New You list, If you're one of those people, yeah, new year, new me, right? (laughs) because it's so original. I mean, nobody ever does. This is this is just revolutionary. A new year, a new me. Uh, If you've got as part of your new you to learn more, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? To really be able to defend your faith and and defend where you stand in culture, then this might be something that you would consider. Dr. Land is teaching a course January 13th through January 18th um, at SES, Southern Evangelical Seminary. And the title of the course is anthropology, hermoteology, and soteriology. Hermoteology, hermoteology. It's not; these are not words I use all the time. Right. Maybe anthropology a little bit more than hermoteology and soteriology. Okay, I don't think most
1: people use those words. All nope. The time. That's why
0: you need this class. <laughs> the class is an overview on the study of mankind, sin, and salvation, mm-hmm. and stresses the work of Christ and this the application its application to all believers. Mm-hmm. So all of the study of all of this, it's application to all believers, right? You want to learn more about this, you can go to ses.edu, mm-hmm. ses.edu. Maybe a little bit of short notice, but on December 19th as well, there is something happening at SES as a virtual open house. So mm-hmm. if you're interested, maybe you're thinking about attending uh, Southern Evangelical Seminary and, um, you know, you've got questions or you'd like to know what would be offered to you, then uh, again, go to ses.edu, se Southern Evangelical Seminary, ses.edu. And um, you can find the information on the virtual open house. And you can also find Dr. Land's class. Dr. Richard Land is teaching a one-week course, January 13th through January 18th, Anthropology, Hermartiology, and Soteriology. The class is an overview on the study of mankind's sin and salvation. Awesome. Man, I don't know. I, you know, I don't want to overstate things, but I mean, kind of don't you think we all could use that class?
1: Yeah, probably so. Why not? I think we could, you know. I, that, I mean, I'm going to start using those words, you know, but. Uh,
0: Why, anthropologically speaking, wouldn't you?
1: Because, I mean. There are,
0: that made no sense. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. That made no sense. But there's a person listening who just loves knowledge, and they were just like, beautiful, Mimi. Beautiful. <laughs> When, whenever you can do different tenses and forms of words, mm-hmm. you impress people almost immediately.
1: Yeah, I have no right? need for that. Don't
0: worry about it. I got you. <laughs> I'll use I'll use million dollar words for you all day. Now it doesn't matter if I know what they mean. Yeah. Every now and again, I may land on the proper use of those words. I
1: can make up some words. Can
0: I? T- no, that's called ebonics, and well. that's we've rejected that in school. <laughs> we have rejected that in school. Um, listen to to. Um, Double back to some of the things we were talking about yesterday. I kind of wanted to recap, you know, Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Land was speaking our language. Yeah. And you and I have uh, spent some time here talking about critical race theory. Mm -hmm. One of our brothers who listens to the show um, emailed us recently regarding his own dive into critical race theory. And one of the questions that he had at the end of his email, he's talking about how he's digging into this information. We had our producer send him some information and Mm. he was digging into this Mm -hmm. information And one of the questions that he asked, and I I thought it was an appropriate question, and it it is the question that I think we can't ignore any longer. He said, why don't we have more apologists standing up and speaking out against this? Mm. And let me give you the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. Now this is my my perception, okay? The apologists are gonna have to catch up with the information. Mm. I think that this is something that has been hidden in academia, it's been hidden within you know, conversations around American law. And it has now made its way, coming down from academia,
4: mm-hmm. into
0: our um, seminaries, mm-hmm. and then into our churches. Yeah. But it's spreading like wildfire because it's sensual.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, let me say something that I didn't, I didn't say yesterday, but I say this without apology and without batting an eye. I will stand up all day, twice on Sundays, Right? I will stand up all day, twice on Sundays, and defend the church against critical race theory. Mm-hmm. I will stand up against critical race theory and reject it on its face as any type of framework that the church needs to adopt, adopt to deal with sin. Mm-hmm. As you rightly call it, the Bible calls it partiality. Racism mm-hmm. is a modern construct. Mm-hmm. right? It's a, it's a secular understanding that does not comport with what the Bible teaches us about how God created man. Mm-hmm. right? And so I will stand up all day and, and defend the word of God as sufficient Amen. against um, sin, right. right? Like to, to understand right. how we live. But I will say this in my standing up to defend the church against critical race theory, I will not be an inadvertent cover for people who love partiality.
1: Mm, that's good. I'm not that's a puppet a for point. that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and we have to be very clear. And that's one of the things I appreciated about Dr. Land's expressions yesterday mm-hmm. was that he sliced down the middle. Yeah. We have to be willing to say there are still people who are given to partiality mm-hmm. based on the color of people's skin and we have to reject it. And here's the thing that's really going to shock you. Those people are, as we say, white. Mm-hmm. Ken Ham would take issue with that. <laughs> Those people are white. And guess what? Those people are black. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So we have to recognize that this is something that is still going on. But the same word of God that has been sufficient for the last 2000 years is still sufficient. Amen. Right. And, and longer than that, you go Old Testament. I'm talking about the church, you yeah. know, and the, and the letters that we would have received and that we would have received authoritatively. Mm-hmm. And understanding that everything that we're dealing with, the Lord has equipped us to deal with. So I think it's important for us to have a conversation where we say, look, we're not going to hide those who are given to partiality Mm -hmm. while we defend the church against critical race theory. We're also not going to hide black people who are given to partiality by celebrating critical race theory. Mm. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. There are two extremes here. Mm -hmm. Now, I, you know, I've mentioned this and I've tried to kind of keep quiet about it because while I'm working on it, you know, I don't want to talk a whole lot about it. Right. But I'm in the middle of a deep dive into critical race theory. And I am reading the original writings. I'm, I'm reading the genesis of critical race theory. And in order to understand this, you've got to go all the way back to critical theory. Mm-hmm. All right. You've got to go all the way back to cultural Marxists and people like John Lukacs. Okay. And so this is what I'm doing right now so that I can put something together for the church that we might be able to stand up and defend the truth
1: in layman's terms, in layman's terms. That's good.
0: And now let me, let me tell you something. This, this critical race theory has its Genesis, its origin in an attack on American law. As a result of this, what I'm reading right now probably would be easier for me to understand had I been, had I been trained in law. Mm -hmm. Right? So some, some of these works, Will, I read them through two or three times mm-hmm. and I go, what? <laughs> what, man? What? <laughs> you know, it's a bunch of jargon. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what, the, what the, the ultimate point of it is, is to say that the American legal system is flawed at its core and it doesn't need to be remade or remodeled. It needs to be demolished completely. Same argument made of the critical theorists when, as it pertains to academia. Mm-hmm. as it pertains to American culture, as it pertains to the church, as it pertains to family, all of the foundations and the pillars of what we just call American culture, which when you look at a lot of what we call American culture is rooted in a right fear of God, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The critical theorist says all of that has to be demolished. Wow. All of it has to be destroyed. Now, if you have that as your, as your starting point, and then you say, we're going to take critical race theory and we're going to allow it, as a framework through which we will view our engagement with one another in the <laughs> church, <laughs> what you're setting the church up for is destruction, mm. guys. Mm. You're setting the church up for destruction. So,
1: in in other words, what they what what they long ago were trying to do, as far as destroy the church, the church is beginning to do to itself. The own church self. is
0: complicit now in doing this. Mm. The church is doing this to herself. Um, I will say this, too, because, you know, one of the questions, my, my big thing here, and I've, I've, I've gone back and forth, I have prayed and I've asked the Lord, you know, what is right? Do we do we need to read these things? And, you know, even the question that we asked Dr. Land yesterday, and I think we need to know what the enemy is peddling. Mm. But I think that there are some among us who are not strong enough to know, because let me tell you, this teaching is very decept- deceptive, but we don't understand the use of this <laughs> this word, It is also sensual Mm. and something that is sensual is not necessarily sexual. Right. We often think that way in our culture. Right. But there is something about critical race theory that appeals to our sinful senses
1: Mm.
0: that the church is overlooking. We say that we can adopt this as a framework to help us navigate with one another. We cannot. It's incompatible with the scriptures, but there's more to come on that. We'll talk about it. I'm just grateful for the opportunity we had to talk to Dr. Land. All right. Let's grab the break. Um, And when we come back, we'll talk about The Smart Stepmom, co-authored by Laura Petherbridge. This is the Addison's on American Family Radio. We'll be right back.
3: Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, just how intelligent were the Neanderthal people? Chris, the Neanderthals were people just like me and you. They were descendants of at least one of the tribes that migrated away from the Tower of Babel. Perhaps they lived in harsh conditions, but they were fully human. Archaeologists have even found that they had musical instruments, using the hollowed out bones of animals perforated with holes like a flute. When replicas of these are made, it's found that they used the same musical scale that we use today. Mostly they preferred minor keys. Of course even the Israelites are known for their songs in minor keys, producing beautiful but haunting melodies you see chris even neanderthals go back to genesis and so should we to learn more about creation get our free dvd called that's a fact visit our web store at icr.org store and use the promo code fact at the checkout when ordering your that's a fact dvd so what would you do with an extra 500 a month in your budget 500 bucks. This isn't hypothetical, by the way. This is something you may need to think about very soon if you decide to become a member of Metashare. Metashare is a way to pay for your health care, and typically it costs $500 less per month for a family versus other health care plans. So seriously, think about this. You could pay off loans, pay down a mortgage, save the money for retirement, donate to charity. That would be a big deal. But you know what? Here's the best thing. MetaShare works. It's a Christian healthcare sharing ministry with 400,000 members. They've shared over 2 billion in medical bills, so they can help share your needs too. And with MediShare, not only do you save, you don't have to pay for things you don't believe in. And that's a beautiful thing too. So here's how you can find out more, and you might actually wind up saving even more than 500 a month. So check into it. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Steve Russo with real answers. I'm a big kid when it comes to Christmas. I love the decorations, the music, the special food, and setting up my train set around the base of the tree in the living room. It's a great time to be with family and friends. But more than anything, this time of the year provides awesome opportunities to share with family members, friends, co-workers, and those we go to school with the good news. Because of the good news of Christmas, we can experience forgiveness of sin through the gift of salvation, hope, help, guidance, security, significance, acceptance, and a new power for living. The Bible is filled with promises for those who will receive the Christ of Christmas as their Savior and Lord. Christmas can be a lonely time for many people. Be aware of the divine appointments God may be giving you when you least expect them. For real answers to real issues, log on to Steve's website, www.realanswers.com.
0: Lord God, I pray that you would defend and protect our families, Lord God, from the works of the evil one. The enemy wants to attack our families, and families are overwhelmed, children are confused, moms are stressed, and in particular, stepmoms are overwhelmed. Lord, I pray that you would use this interview time, Father God, to be life-changing in the hearts of stepmoms in particular. Lord, we have no strength and no power on our own. We lean on you. And Lord God, I'm, I'm asking that you will bless this time, Lord, that this will be sort of a line drawn in the sand where there are so many families who have been under attack. There's been spiritual attack, and they've not even been able to really put their finger on what's going on. But Lord God, you see, you are aware of them, and you love them. And Lord, I pray that you will give them strength and that you will give them wisdom and that every word that is spoken on this program today would glorify you and that it would strengthen families. And I ask this in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Welcome back to Erin the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki.
1: And I'm Will as Brad and Rebecca What I Am Found.
0: Let's try to get as much as we can from our next guest, Sherry B., who's over in Studio CC, has gotten on. Laura Petherbridge, who is an international speaker. She's the co-author of The Smart Step Mom, Practical Steps to Help You Thrive. Um, she's co-authored this with Ron Deal. She's also the author of When I Do Becomes I Don't, Practical Steps for Healing, during separation and Mm. divorce. Laura, thank you so much for taking some time to join us, especially as we start to get to sort of the height of the holidays and the stress just mounts and mounts and families that are already feeling weak and beaten down. uh, It just seems like there's no hope, but I hope that at the end of this show, there will be an incredible amount of hope. How are you, Laura?
5: Thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. I'm doing well.
0: So this book is specifically for stepmoms. Um, why is it important to have a book that ministers specifically to the stepmom?
5: Well, as we know, publishers are, uh, they're, they're in it to sell books. <laughs> and the majority of books are purchased by women. Eighty-five percent of books are purchased by women. Wow. So even though the majority of the advice um could be used by either a stepmom or a stepdad, it is typically the stepmom who is seeking a resource or advice. She's the one feeling more overwhelmed. The stepdad seems to blend into the family much more easily than the stepmom does. Mm-hmm. And so that's just um almost any step family expert will tell you the kids embrace a stepdad more quickly than they will a stepmom. Wow. So that's, um, that's just one of the, the human nature things that occurs when you're bringing families together into a new marriage.
0: Now, you know, that's really interesting, Laura. You it point is. out that the stepmom is going to be the one who is really seeking out the resources and trying to get the help. And, you know, maybe typically it's not the stepdad who's doing that. I would imagine that the stepmom could be tempted to perceive that as a lack of care. Help us understand why maybe she shouldn't perceive it that way.
5: Yes. Well, sometimes she understands that that as a stepmom, she was totally ambushed by all the emotions, the changes, the complexities, and just the fact that she's dealing with an ex-wife, her husband's former spouse or girlfriend, just, be, just the mere fact that she's dealing with another woman um, sometimes will help her to understand the difference. Uh, the other factor is, is that her kids may be embracing her new spouse more than his kids are embracing her, mm. and that may be confusing for her. So men just don't seem to push their way into the family as hard as women do. Mm -hmm. and uh, that's partly the reason why. There's many reasons, but that's partly the reason. Um, Ben just seemed to get along with the the dad, the biological dad, (laughs) better than women get along with the biological mom. Now, that's not all the time. I'm not saying there aren't ever any disagreements, but it is definitely, the two women definitely have more problems coexisting with each
0: other than the men do. <laughs> the, qu- the, the, the question immediately <laughs> pops into my mind, Laura. Did you see the way she looked at me? <laughs> and and the dad usually is like, no, dear, I did not at all see right. anything that was untoward. I mean, I just didn't see it. And, and and the wife is usually like, eat your potato salad. She looked at me yes. weird. Exactly. exactly. And see, men don't, not only do they
5: not uh, care about that, but they <laughs> often don't see it. That's right. right. They're not looking for how the, the dad, the biological dad, is looking at him.
4: <laughs>
0: and so, or what he's wearing, or who from. Come on. Are, Come or on. Else. This is so good. It's true. It's true. But I will say this let the biological dad take the last uh, turkey leg. Did you see what he <laughs> yes. did? He's so selfish.
1: That's funny. Anyway.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about some of those feelings that the stepmoms experience that. They really are embarrassed that they feel this way, um, and they feel like they don't really have people they can trust to share it with. Often in our society, I would say in church culture, we don't really know what to do with stepmom feelings. We don't Mm. know how to help them walk through. But I'm hoping today that you would um, maybe help expose some of those feelings that are normal and then coach us through how we walk alongside stepmoms who are having these feelings.
5: Yes. Well, we can go right to the Old Testament, right to the early part of the Old Testament with Sarah and Hagar. Mm. That is a classic example of a step family. We don't call it that in the church, but that's exactly what it is.
4: Come
5: on. Where you have the biological mom um, who's protecting her kid, and you have, you know, Sarah who's now the parent, but not really the parent. I realize it's a different circumstance. It was it was back when, you know, men had multiple wives, but the feelings between the two women are exactly the same as you see today. Mm. There's jealousy, there's um taunting of each other. Wow. There's one trying to show the other one up, one trying to make the other one feel badly. You know, it it really, our human nature really doesn't change very much, and God is so patient with us, and so my heart goes out to stepmoms. First, let me say that I grew up having two stepmoms. My dad remarried two times after the divorce from my mom, so I know what it is to be the child in this circumstance, Mm. and then I married a man with two kids. They were 11 and 13. And because I had grown up in a step family, I thought I was prepared for all that this would entail, and so I was just completely ambushed by all the emotions that I was feeling, and that most step moms feel, just because you didn't know what you didn't know, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know you thought this was going to be just like a a biological family, because that's what everybody at church is saying, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, oh, you just treat them like your own kids, and you just live the way a a normal family lives, and everything will be fine. Well, that's totally erroneous, it's bad advice, and it's um, ignoring. The complexities that are involved in bringing two homes under one
4: roof.
0: Wow, mm. wow! I mean, just as I listen to you speak, Laura, you know, I think of so many of the unmet needs mm. of the members of the body of Christ. You know, as I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm my heart is just sinking because I'm thinking what you are touching on is so unexplored. So l- let me ask this in a in a very practical sense, right? So if you've got a stepmom. To the points that you've just made, you know, they're, they're dealing with the bickering and they're dealing with the sizing up and, and the feelings of insecurity and, and all of these things that really just kind of show our humanity, right? They're dealing with all of this. What is the encouragement for that stepmom? Because you don't want to say, oh, ignore her or don't worry about those children. They're going to grow up and get over that. You've got to just focus on you. And I mean, how do we encourage the smart stepmom?
5: Well, it it takes work. That's the first thing, is thinking that this is just going to flow naturally. This goes against our flesh. Mm -hmm. Everything you have to do to be a smart smart stepmom goes against our human fleshly thinking. Okay. And so this is where we've got to have the mind of Christ. We have to lay down what I thought this was going to be and embrace the truth of what is involved in forming a smart step family. And so that's the first hurdle I normally have to overcome with people is getting them to admit this is not going to be what I thought it was going mm-hmm. to be. Wow. wow. And so it, that's there's a death of a dream there. And you see, we have to acknowledge, as in particular as women, that I have to let that dream Die. I have to grieve it and mourn it and think maybe one day things will change, but for right now, I have to face reality of what's really happening here. And that means getting educated mm-hmm. on uh, what it means to truly have a healthy step family.
4: Mm-hmm. Most
5: people are absolutely shocked at what it's going to take. So that's the first thing, admitting what I thought before is not reality, that I just didn't get enough education, or if I did get the education and the knowledge, I thought it wouldn't apply to me. Mm. I thought it wouldn't apply oh, wow. to my circumstance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and see, I deal with a lot of that. I mean, probably seven out of the 10 people that I do life coaching who are pre step family, they do one or two sessions and then they stop because they don't want to hear it. They don't want to know the complexities. They think that won't happen in our situation. <laughs> and then they're calling me six months after the wedding. Come on.
0: Wow. Right. Wow. <laughs> now, that's interesting what wow. you said after the wedding. Mm-hmm. So beforehand, yeah. it's so it seems that there is, and I'm, I'll use this word, and Laura, you correct me on it if it's improper to use this word, but it seems that there is, to a certain extent, almost a happy delusion that it's not going to be that. I mean, there's no way. We love each other. Love can and will conquer all. So it doesn't matter if your daughter is withdrawn or if your son is withdrawn. It doesn't matter because I'm mom enough for everybody. And, mm-hmm. and then you That's get into right. the situation and it's not that at all.
5: Absolutely. And if I can say this, and honestly, Christians actually battle this more than non-Christian
4: mm-hmm.
5: because we think if Jesus is in the mix, that then we're not going to face these complexities. Wow! Now, in saying that, that doesn't mean that we don't have a strength and a, a power in us that non-Christians don't have.
0: Amen. Certainly we
5: do. Mm-hmm. We have an overcomer. Mm-hmm. But but that doesn't mean we're not going to face these trials.
0: Oh, that's And good.
5: there's where we get lost. See, We think they're not going to come because we're Christians. And, and that is totally
0: wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Is that a part of the shock that that stepmoms experience that, you know, and, and, and speaking specifically to Christians who are listening, is that a part of the shock? Just the the disbelief that it could be as bad as, you know, as it is and thinking we both love Jesus. There's no way we could have this kind of confusion in our family.
5: Absolutely. And I can speak for myself on that. I thought, you know what? I know I'm not their mom. They already have a mom. They don't need another mom. I'll just be a good influence in their life. I'll be a godly influence. I'll share them the the Bible. I'll teach them about the Word of God, and they'll be interested in that, and they'll just see, you know, that in me, and that will make them love me. And, you know, I'll just be a good Christian woman, and that will win them. And
0: it didn't. Mm. Should, mm. should the stepmom take that personally? Like, when, when, when you have this kind of dynamic between the kids and the stepmom, where the stepmom believes that she is really, truly trying to do all that is within her power, um, how does she navigate what is happening um, spiritually and and logically I mean I, I think it's easier for me to say to someone you know that's not your fault you you didn't you didn't do that but I think for a, a stepmom to really receive that and 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 walk according to that is something totally different
5: yes, that's very true and the first thing she has to do is is take a step back breathe and take a step back and because typically what she thought her role was going to be in this home is very different than what it actually needs to be. And so there's the first line, uh extending the first ray of hope to stepmom is that take a step back, let go of the things you thought you were supposed to be in control of, and take a step back and let dad Step up. Mm. You see, this is the mistake stepmoms make. Okay, They step into the parenting role, either because dad doesn't want to, dad doesn't know how to, or dad was so blindsided as a single parent that he just never got any coping skills. And so he's not setting any boundaries because he's parenting out of guilt. Instead of a healthy place.
0: Oh my goodness!
5: And so he's bringing this new woman in, and she thinks she's got to set this house straight. This is my house. We're gonna set. We're gonna set some boundaries
4: here. Mm-hmm. We're
5: gonna set some rules here. We're gonna start picking up the dishes after dinner. We're gonna start. So she comes in, thinking she's doing a good thing by getting everybody organized and everybody marching and everybody cleaning the bathroom and everybody, you know, stepping up, and all that does is cause
0: resentment
4: wow man this is i am i am so engaged
0: (laughs) laura i know i know that i am not the only person right now who is going oh my goodness because if you have counseled if you have talked, if you've got friends if you are the Mm stepmom you know that what you're hearing right now is so true there is another element to this that i want to bring in kind of to the point that you're making i know we're going to have to get to it on the other side of the break so i'll just raise the question we'll kind of think about it and then come back and pick up here and also take your calls but if the stepmom has her own biological children and she has that same thought that I'm going to come in, I'm going to bring some order, but it's not working. And the stepkids are rebelling and her kids feel like they have to follow the rules. But then the stepkids don't have to follow the rules. <laughs> and the stepmom is like, well, you're my kid. That's not my kid. And now we've got all kinds of chaos. How do we navigate that? Erin, the Addison's American <laughs> Family Radio. We'll be right back with Laura Petherbridge. Stay close.
3: Can solid teamwork building principles apply to all of life? Here's Tony Dungy, author of The Soul of a Team, with today's Uncommon Moment.
6: Unity in sports or in the workplace can mean the difference between success and failure. New England Patriots head coach Bill Belichick has mastered the concept of unity. He values the culture so much that he not only helps his players understand it, but he also helps them discover how they can be productive and fit into the landscape. As a result, even players who've had problems elsewhere are likely to conclude, you know what, I've sometimes bucked the system in other places, but I'm going to accept the culture here. Once the team culture is set and you've got buy-in and support from within, rogue players tend to stand out like sore thumbs and it becomes extremely difficult to buck the system.
3: Tony Dungy, best-selling author of The Soul of a Team, from Tyndale House. More at CoachDungy.com. AFR's own JJ Jasper is a morning on-air personality, author, comedian, Christian, and family man. JJ's also a keynote speaker at banquets, men's ministry events, pregnancy center fundraisers, and more.
5: This is Penny Weaver from Decatur, Illinois. Last year, we had the privilege of JJ Jasper as our speaker We had our largest fundraising banquet
3: ever. Information on JJ's availability to speak at your event is at JJJasper.com. Folks, you know, I used to be a football fan. I stopped being a football fan. I could not stand the idea of people denigrating that flag and refusing to stand for it. My attitude about folks like that is,
1: please leave. You ought to be thanking God every day of your life
3: that you were born an American. I know that my country's not perfect, but I still love America.
2: Tune in to The Awakening, weekdays at noon central on American Family Radio.
0: Hey, Bart, I know the perfect Christmas gift for a congregation to give to their pastor and his wife.
3: What's that, Jan?
0: Sign them up for the AFA Pastors and Wives Fishbowl Retreat.
3: Oh. You
0: know how every pastor's family has extra stress because of their position
6: in the church and community? It's like living in a fishbowl.
2: Yeah, and we've lived through that. The holidays can be especially stressful, so your idea would give the pastor and his wife something
3: to look forward to. This Christmas, why not give your pastor and his wife a ticket to the fishbowl retreat? It'll be March 31st through April 2nd at Pine Cove Camp near Tyler, Texas. We have space for 30 couples and it'll fill up fast. You can get more information and
2: register your pastor and his wife at repairingthefoundations.net. That's repairingthefoundations.net. Or you can call 662 662- 844 5036 extension 300.
0: Merry Christmas from the American Family Association and from the AFA Pastors and Wives Fishbow Retreat. Just give me Jesus, Jesus. Just give me Jesus, Jesus. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. Boy, do we appreciate you listening. I'm Miki.
1: And I'm willing as unspoken with Just Give Me Jesus.
0: Laura Petherbridge is our guest, and we are talking about her book, co-authored with Ron Deal, The Smart Stepmom. And before we went to the break, now I want to do a couple things here. I want to open the phone lines for step families that are listening, for blended families, you're, you're listening, and you have burning questions. I don't know that we'll get to all of them, but Laura has graciously agreed to answer some of your questions, which I think is just phenomenal. Mm -hmm. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. The first caller to get through with your question will also get a copy of the book. We'll also get a copy of the book. The second copy of the book we have to give away, we are going to reserve for the first person who sends us a message on the Aaron the Addison's page. You can't call, but you are connected. You're listening and you're on Facebook, you send us the message. The first message that we get on Aaron the Addisons, you go and send us an inbox saying, hey, I need that book, then we will send it out to you. Um, You're important as well. Uh, I know we get a lot of messages on the Facebook page, and so we want to respond to you. If you want to get it, you can get it that way. First caller at 888-589-8840 gets a copy. And then also, um, if you want to ask questions of Laura today as we talk about the smart stepmom and Really just talk about step. You can't talk about stepmoms without talking about step families in general. Yeah. And so we're going to do that.
1: And that's the thing, I, you know, I was wondering, too, you know, as the church, um, because the church is made up of a lot of uh, blended families now, mm-hmm. you know, have we underestimated the needs there, you know, as a body of Christ and, you know, what type of things should we have set up in our churches? That's a great question. You know, uh, for these families.
0: That's a great question. Laura, what, what do you say to that? Well, I'm thrilled to hear uh, Pastor Will
5: ask that question because <laughs> it is grossly underutilized uh, the, the the resources that mm. we have out now for step families mm. desperately need to be in the church. There are now more step families in the United States than there are first-time families. Mm.
4: Mm. Most wow.
5: churches are not giving out those stats. And if you add to that the people who are cohabitating as a step family, they're not legally married, but they're cohabitating as a step family, those numbers are through the roof. Wow. And so the fact that the church has been neglectful in addressing this subject. Mm-hmm. Is really really shows us that we're behind. We're behind what the society
4: needs, mm-hmm. and this
5: is in every kind of church. I'm not saying just one denomination, one race, one right. you know group of people. This right. is across the United States. Mm. We are grossly behind the curve of what step families need. And see, those couples get put in classes and pre-marriage classes, and that for first-time marriages. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying they can't learn something from those things, but it's not what they need first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like physical therapy after you broke your leg.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: You need that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You need an emergency room first. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. very and, yeah. That's very good.
0: That's very good, Laura. I'm, I'm thinking, though, as, as you're speaking here, that we've got to expand. When, when we were training in, in ministry initially, And you start to learn and develop critical pastoral concern and you know, what are the areas where you need to be equipped to minister to people? um, I'm thinking that step families and blended families need to be high on the list of our critical pastoral concern. That These are the things that we've got to be equipped to deal with Mm -hmm. and to minister with regard to this. So, so, so. Absolutely. This is really good. Let me also say, we have the first message. We have several messages, but we only have one. So we have the first message on Facebook, everybody. Um, so, so we'll send that out to you. And we also have the first caller. Um, but if you still have questions for Laura, you can ask those questions. Um, Laura, I did, I did kind of start to ask about if you've got the stepmom who has her own biological children and then the stepkids and the biological kids begin to resent the stepkids because they feel that the mom who's coming in with all of her rules, those rules don't apply to the step kids, and the perception is that those kids are wild, and why do we have to be burdened with your rules? What do you say to yes. that
5: That's uh, one of the hardest parts, and it's actually the number one reason why um people get divorced in step families
0: Wow, mm-hmm.
5: is children are the number one reason why step family marriages don't make it, and they fail two out of three, mm-hmm. so that's another reason why the church needs to be getting really involved in this because we want to prevent these second marriages from ending in another split.
4: Wow. And
5: so it's, it's, there is no such word as fair in a step family. Okay. That's the first thing you have to teach your kids and preferably before you get married to this person, you know, that you've gone to some sort of step family conference or some sort of step family teaching and you've learned that the word fair does not fit in a step family. And the reason that that is, is because there are two other homes that these children live in that you cannot control. Mm. Mom's kids also live in another home, dad's kids also live in another home. They live in two homes. And so you can only control what goes on in your own home. This is one of the reasons God hates divorce because mm. you lose control of your children.
4: Wow. You no longer
5: have control over what internet they use, what friends they have, what people are in their life. You have no control over those things mm. when they're in the other home.
0: Wow. Let's let's and, do this. I want to I want to if it's okay Laura, I we've got sure. people calling who really want to talk to you and I want to make sure that we can get to as many of our listeners calls as we can 888-589-8840 uh will the great where do we go first
1: Let's go to paul in mississippi hi paul
2: hey how are you hi. doing good uh sorry i've got a bit of a voice problem today but uh you guys have, have talked about so much stuff that um i really learned through my struggles um uh, i'm a single dad of four kids oh. and um, yeah i tried to basically i didn't really want to date or anything I, I i've always just wanted the family life with my kids and it was so hard uh even trying to find someone that was interested in being part of a, a, a family you know when the man has uh that many kids he's trying to take care of mm. um i'll i'll try to keep it short for you but my story is is you know i basically prayed you know after 6 years of looking uh, that he would send me someone, 'cause I saw my little girls. You know, me as a as a father, I'm very good at order, structure, discipline, and stuff like that. But the uh, the uh, nurturing and compassion part, um, you know, I was kind of lacking in. And I could see my, my little girls, especially, um, you know, kind of acting like little boys or or something, you know. So, um, you know, he within the next week, um, I got an email out of the blue from New York for a, a TV show called Single Dad Seeking and uh he gave me a national platform basically uh and out of that i met a woman from wisconsin and she's moved down and, and we've been married now for three years and some of the struggles she's been having uh with this uh you actually hit on where it comes to kind of uh the the women uh in in the details of the relationship and really wanting to uh you know control the the small things and sometimes father such as myself this is something we learned that you guys said that can really help people we look at a big picture type of uh, of 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 parenting. You know, what does this do for their future? Do I really need to be involved in this at this point? Whereas women a lot of times seem to jump in early and then kind of get angry at the husband for not, quote, parenting. But I really didn't think that it was something that I needed to be involved in at that point. You know, do you understand what I'm saying?
5: Yes, I do. Yes.
2: So so, do you, so, so that, that's probably something that I see that can help most marriages right there is because it's like I've seen a lot of ladies get mad at their, their husbands or, or fathers because they think they're doing all the work. But as a father, it, it seems like to me, I'm, I'm doing my job and I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, But I'm looking for that that whatever that trigger is to say, okay, this is where Dad needs to step up and what Dad needs to do, versus when kids are just being kids. You know, a lot of times I don't even catch that she's upset at me for not inter inter interfering. Inter- interfering <laughs> you know what I mean? Paul,
0: let me do this. Let me get Laura to jump in here and uh, have a little bit of a response because I, we've got some other people that also want to ask questions. But that's a great point that he's making. Sometimes the dad appears to be aloof intentionally, but really there may be some practical steps that can be taken there.
5: Absolutely. Now, part of the answer to that is parenting. You know, parenting is just different between men and women. So part of that is just the natural parenting thing, mm-hmm. but the other point to that is, is that a step parent views their children, stepchildren, differently than a parent does. Mm. So I'll I'll just conclude with this little piece, and and you can chew on this a little bit. But parents see their children through the lens of love. Step parents see those same children through the lens of responsibility. Hmm. Doesn't mean they don't love the children, don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but their first response is, well, I want this child to be responsible. I want him to be able to tie his shoes. I want her to be able to do the dishes. I want that kid to be respected. And see, a parent is seeing that child first through that, oh, I want them to feel loved. But the step-parent is looking at it through a different lens because it is not their biological child. Oh, wow. so, Yes, it's wow. huge. It's huge. <laughs> oh, and that is so good. Once yeah. yes, it, it's it's that, yes, uh, it's one of those epiphany moments yes. when you get it that a step-parent, it doesn't mean they don't love them. It means I want you to grow up to be responsible. I want you to be a good kid. I want people to like you. I want and see parents. Their first thing is, I don't want my baby to get hurt. And right. that's
0: normal. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> totally normal. Laura, that is so good. Because let me say this, and then we'll go back to the phone lines. What you have just said <laughs> speaks to the biological parent in a way that you have to know. I know you. It, this is what you do. So you have to know how life-giving that is. But to understand that the lens of discipline does not mean dislike. mm it That's is right. okay. This is so good. Where do we go good. next, Will the Grace? All
1: right. Let's go to Miriam in Georgia. Hi, Miriam.
0: Hi. How
6: are y'all doing?
0: Good. Hello, Miriam.
6: Hi. I listen to y'all every afternoon. I can only catch the tail in. but, um, and I just got in my car and heard y'all were talking about step families. I was like, ah, I got to call in. Go right ahead. Um, my husband and i've been married like 13 years um i had a son he had two sons and we went through heck at the (laughs) beginning and and my husband always told me he's like you're trying too hard to make everything even like you know the birthdays and the christmases and i was like i wanted everybody to feel the same and and it was just drove me crazy now they're all grown they've grown into fabulous adults but and, and things have gotten easier as we've gotten, you know, along, and it's really only through the grace of God that we're halfway normal right now. But uh, but now we've got grandkids, and we've got the step-grandkids in there. And um, my husband still tells me, he's like, you're trying too hard to make it even. It's okay. It's okay.
5: <laughs> and it's hard to relax.
6: It's hard to, um, you know, I, I want them all to feel, and I do feel like, you know, I introduce his boys, it's like, this is our youngest, and this is our other one, you know, and, and but it's um it's hard, especially when you get the the step kids. But the one thing I wanted to say was of the young couples out there that are you know, they they're just starting off with their um their step families and they've got the real young kids and all, you know, they need to to look to people like y'all and and your guests. I'm sorry I did not catch Laura. your name. Yeah. And reach out for that help and go to the churches and get them to um to help you and to come alongside you and
0: and you know and help guide you, some some elders have a Miriam or um, that is yes. so good. I want to do this though because you make a great point. I want Laura to speak a little bit if she could to the point that you made about having older step kids. You think that maybe you're out of the woods when the step kids are adults, but you cover this in the book. Laura, could you speak yes, to that?
5: Absolutely. Many people think when the stepkids turn 18 that, oh, my troubles will be over, you know. And, yes, you're not going to be dealing with visitation between homes. Sometimes you're not dealing with child support, so legal things like that. But just because the stepkids get older doesn't mean there is no more conflict or there is no (laughs) more, you know. Now, Miriam mentioned about having grandkids. I now have grandkids with my stepson. And the interesting thing with the grandkids is because, See, they only know me as Nana. They've never known me as anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm Nana to my grandchildren, but I'm their dad's wife to the steps up. Wow. And so, you know, it does, it does, the dynamic does change. And I was fortunate that the biological mom really didn't want to be an active grandma. So that opens the door for me. So that's been a blessing for me. But just because the stepkids get older, a lot depends on who they marry.
4: Mm-hmm. It
5: depends on what, what course they take in their life. Some will draw closer to a step parent as they get older, and especially if the other biological parent has said some very mean, hurtful, tried to alienate the child from their, parent, their parents, the other parent they start to get older and they start to recognize, you know what? Everything my parent told me wasn't true about my other parent. <laughs> wow. So sometimes that can, you know, that can make things get better. But I just wanted to say that just because they get older doesn't mean all the complexity stops. And, you know, it just means you're going to have a little different issue.
0: Laura, I just cannot thank you enough. Awesome. I, I'm, I, We have to do this show again. <laughs> yeah, we, we really do. We need to carve it Man. out again because... There is already such a great response just in this time. If you could only be aware of the people who are commenting and reaching out in real time, there is an incredible amount of hurt in the body of Christ that revolves around blended families. So, Laura, let me just say thank you for your ministry. And if our listeners want to contact your ministry or they want to get the book, where should they start?
5: My website is thesmartstepmom.com. Thesmartstepmom.com. And I do events for both couples,
0: the step family, okay. and the stepmom. Okay, thesmartstepmom.com. Thanks so much for listening. Until tomorrow, Lord willing.
1: God bless.